taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you Ripper Docs listen to. This week, we are going to the year 2077. The news is Nintendon't. And our topic is rewarding. And then our dragon this week loves interlock systems. Cyberpunk creator Mike Pondsmith. And as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. I'm Lewis. And I'm Joe. Hey everyone. So uh second week where we're all separated in our own houses. Or actually, well, this is more second that we're all together. I'm sorry. Second that we're all together separated in our own houses. So uh, how's it been for you guys? Weird dystopic future where we can't hang out. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. All super together, cool. yet separated. That's that's our motto. That's right. Yeah, keep it is separated. It? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I forget who does that song. Oh, man. That's the Offspring. Offspring. Oh, nice. Offspring reference. Brian and then Manda. <laughs> Sweet ref, guys. Sweet ref. So you guys uh, been having a, a good week, hopefully? Week's been great, man. How are you doing? Eh, it's going okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going fine. It's another week. It is what Do it is. Do you want to take us back a second? <laughs> Should we think of something to talk about? Do we need a minute? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We're just riffing, man. That's what this <laughs> We had, riffing it, we had it. A great. We had, we had a we had a good reference. We we, we had we had a, some banter and then uh, just just conversation. Just dead air. <laughs> just we- weather talk. How's the weather? Uh, how have your guys's uh, how have your guys's nipple sizes been this week? Gross. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it again. That threw All me right. off. But yes. All right, you guys can replace one part of your body with a cybernetic <laughs> enhancement. <laughs> I choose my nose. <laughs> I got your nothing, nose. Guys. I got nothing. I'm going with my eyes. Yeah, my I was eyes, about to man. say my eyes. No, because it's my. I'm not changing anything. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. This. this is cool. It, it, <laughs> if it's my nose, then I can even like change the taste of things. Oh, right. Yeah. Doesn't that yeah. work? Doesn't your nose and, like? And... You're just saying yeah. that because we have a dead rat in our house. <laughs> 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 yeah, a dead rat died in the walls, and we can't get rid of it. And the, Again? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Same, it's one. The same one. The rodent specialist uh, has told us that we just have to wait till it dies out, and it's taking months. Dear God. Oh, no. Until it rots out. Sorry. Till we, it totally it, decays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm like, it's already with dead. The smell of death in a quarantine when we can't leave our homes. Welcome <laughs> to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember the plague? Remember the Black Plague? I yes. think it's uh, yep. 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 pretty on the nose, yep. which is why I'm trying to get my nose removed. <laughs> <laughs> Very understandable, sir. <laughs> I want my eyes to be cybernetic so I can cease to some other year besides this one. <laughs> Smart. Smart. That's the way to do it. That, that is some. Those are some eyes right there. He's going to look for that those silver are. lining. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what? Let's get into our games this week. Do, 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 do. What, what are, are you playing? playing? And uh, this week, you know, Joe, would you like to start us off this week? Since uh, I think your game might be a little bit different than the rest of ours. Sure. I uh, I do think it is a little different. <laughs> I have been playing Pokemon Go like it never went out of style for Ooh. myself. Yeah. They recently, uh, Pokemon Go, Nantic, and the Game Freaks team set up a new thing. I've been level 40 in the game for over a year now. I got to level 40, I think, within a year of having it. Mm-hmm. And there has been no goals for me to reach any further. 
Well, baby, Beyond 40 has begun. Oh, uh, yeah. It is dope. <laughs> they have created a new system. So instead of it just being points-based, now you have to catch 200 Pokemon in one day or do 30 raids, which they make lots of money on you doing. It's amazing. They're geniuses. <laughs> uh, and because we're all doing uh, things remotely, now you can play with your friends easier. And then when your friends are like, hey, come and do this raid with me. And you're like, oh, sweet. Oh, I'm out of raid passes. Let me go give them $3 so I can get some more. These... Bad words have taken so much of my money <laughs> in getting me to raid with my friends, but it's so fun. And there was a whole bunch of new medals. I got almost all of them in the beginning because I have caught way more Pokemon than I needed to in the last year and a half. But I will say Beyond 40 is dope. I'm having a great time. And Sir Fetch looks really cool as my friend still. So like he's my little buddy. Um, <laughs> on the road to 41, I'll keep you guys all updated on uh, on my trials and my tribulations but uh, I get these sweet glasses if I get to 41 that I'm totally going to wear with my Gyarados hat. My avatar is dope looking. Oh, yeah? Nice. And by dope, I mean looks like a dope. She's really dumb looking. But I love it. <laughs> she looks dumb as hell, but it's great. It is. I'm just so impressed how well that game has been supported since, what, 2016 when it came out? Yeah. Yeah. Like yep, 2016. And, and for it to be a game that actively wants you to like go and walk around, you know, cities and areas, but they've adapted it to mm -hmm. fit in the quarantine era is pretty damn cool. Oh, yeah. They they definitely transitioned, I think, better than than I think any of the other games that I've seen, or at least any of the other live games that I've seen. D does anyone know how the Harry Potter version of that game is going? Uh, I know it's still getting updates. Um, okay. I just don't know. I just don't know how well, you know, it is separated. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I stopped playing that game pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, so that's been Pokemon Go. Nice. Uh, and now I think for the rest of us, it is a little game that came out this week. Uh, you guys might have heard of it. It is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Man, how's it? Uh, how's it going for you guys? Uh, I'm, I've been enjoying the heck out of this game so far. I haven't been able to play a whole lot. <laughs> like I've, I've been able to play a, <laughs> a little bit. I did like the first couple of missions, which is just kind of very linear. I haven't been able to explore the city a whole lot, and I've been having mm -hmm. a lot of glitches. Like a lot. <laughs> like it makes the game sometimes. I'm like, oh, this can't be this game. <laughs> <laughs> not like this. Not like this. When the game came out. It, it came out after having been delayed twice, and the tone of the release was very much like, it's done, mostly. <laughs> so yeah. when I've been playing, I, I definitely got a hard reset. I've gotten some glitches. I, I got a, a guy who, who's, whose torso was in the middle of the floor. Like like, But I have to play now, understanding that this is the state that the game is in, and that if given mm -hmm. the choice, they probably would have delayed it again. Manda, that guy had legs. He just had that. <laughs> he had the augmentation of road no, for legs. No, 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 no. See, I decided in my head cannon that he was so high that someone took his legs and didn't oh, notice. Oh, oh, I that see. That makes the, that, the that future. Gets possible. 2077 right? is a cutthroat time, y'all. I mean, <laughs> the for me, because I, I talked to some people in the game, and then they start talking, but their mouth does not move, and I'm like, oh no. That's no bueno. 
And, and to be honest, Lewis, I, that's going to be on like the bottom of their list of things to fix. I know. <laughs> also, yeah. is their game. mouth not moving because it's a glitch or is their mouth not moving because of the cybernetics for their jaw aren't mm-hmm, working, but really mm-hmm. your voice is just being projected out of the speaker anyway. So, so what's the point? Here's the true narrative of cyberpunk. That's is that Every can, character doesn't yeah. move their mouth. <laughs> Look, you can rationalize all the glitches in this game as just being narrative constructs. <laughs> I guess you exactly. could. Because exactly. I walked in a hallway. There was a woman on the floor. I walked one way, came back, same woman on the floor, but completely different appearance. Holograms. I'm like, Holograms. See? Come on, boom. Throw, throw it at us. Yeah, right. what, else yeah. what else you got? Come on, man. You got to try it. Wait, 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 wait. I, I just want to say that you are actually completely correct, Troy, that making that the narrative has worked very well. I watched Brian do that in the very first, like, literal couple seconds he had to control yeah. the character. He was like, oh, that's really cool. That character doesn't have legs. And, like, that's really neat. And they're showing you they take their legs off and they're sitting on the. Bo- oh. <laughs> Oh no, that character's missing their legs. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I but actually you know, love these bugs. I hope fine. the bugs continue. Yeah. But it's, I'm getting. To, I'm living for how funny this is. Okay. But besides the bugs, how are you guys enjoying the world? Yeah, though? Let's, let's take uh, it like, back. Like a Troy, bit. how about All right, you? No bugs. Yeah. No bugs. Yeah. Let's take it back a little bit. We've been waiting for this game since The Witcher came out. This is CD Projekt Red's next big adventure. They took Cyberpunk 2077, which is a tabletop RPG game, and decided to try and make that into a full-fledged open-world RPG game. Uh, right out mm-hmm. the set, uh, you're given a, a character a character customizational tool. And not a lot more to go on besides like three different paths you can choose. You can, like, t- you can say it, Trey. You can say it. Say what? Genitals. Wah! That's where we're going. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you can customize your junk in this. Regardless of what junk you choose to have, upper junk or lower yeah. junk. You can. It's very, very customizable, which I, lead, led to a very interesting exchange between friends, which is like, I mean... Do I send you a picture of my character's junk? Do I do I brag about the type of junk that I chose? I, I'm just like in real life. You don't send unless requested. Yes. Ooh. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Very important. Very important. But I, I know that the, I know 2020, the next generation of gaming is here because I can customize my pube hair. We're here, y'all. Welcome. Welcome yeah, to the future. This is it. We're living the future. This is 2077, y'all. Yeah, this man. Is 2077. Yeah. Colored pubes is the future. Colored <laughs> pubes. We can, uh, so, but you were saying, though, you can start off as uh, three different things. You can start as a nomad, a street kid, or a corpo, which is a corporation person. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, what did you guys choose? Uh, I chose a street rat. What, what? And street rat is like, you're just kind of in the city. You grew up on the streets. You, you deal with yeah. drug dealers, things like that. I started as, as that, um, but it was just a little too, like like drunk dude in a bar fight type deal which is which is a cool mm-hmm. character was just not the experience i was hoping for what I was trying to say at the beginning is that we all went into this with a lot of expectations because of yes. CD Projekt's previous game and also what we've kind of seen with the trailers. I thought that we were going to get to make our own character and experience this incredibly kind of uh, open world where all of our choices would make a, a you know a bunch of differences. And I think it still is going to be a large portion of that. Um, yeah. But becoming the street kids was my first is- instance of me feeling like, oh, this doesn't feel like me or or what I was trying to get from this game. So I actually had to start over and I chose the Nomad. And the Nomad is like, you used to be part of a biker gang and now on the outskirts of town and now you're doing your own thing. You're like the lone wolf. 
Uh, and, and that fit a lot more narratively with how I want to play my character. Gotcha. And what I, did you pick, Mandy? I feel like, before I get to that, okay. I feel like y- you hit an interesting point with expectations. Mm-hmm. Is because you didn't play The Witcher when it came out. You played The Witcher I don't know, nine oh, months right. after it I, came I, out. I, you I played, played The Witcher after the inventory fixes and yes. after. So when this game came out and it, it was, it had. Uh, hiccups like Uh i played the witcher week one so i was expecting that i was expecting to hit something that is 90 percent complete and then they're gonna use the fan feedback to really push it that extra 10 percent. okay so i realized that this is the uh exchange that we're getting Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that they'll get to that like favorite game of all time era where witcher was through some work but well, I, I picked the Corpo because I work for a, a corporate job, and uh, it just seemed to fit. It was nice to be like, yeah, I'm comfortable in this suit. Uh, it's a little sad because uh, you, I, they take away my suit very quickly. But um, It's a I'm nice get, suit. I, I have a goal now to get that suit back. <laughs> nice. I'm playing for that suit. <laughs> well, what's interesting, Lewis, is that because I picked the Nomad, my game started completely open world. I pretty much got, got like fixed my car, and I could drive anywhere in this area, go to any really? of the shops. Yeah, I literally started within like 10 minutes, could go anywhere I wanted. Uh, wow. It, I, but I'm outside of the city, so it's none of the city stuff. I'm just driving around the desert. I'm going up towers. Oh, see, cool, I'm looking though. into shops. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, yeah. all yeah. the storylines do kind of uh, converge. converge into the same yeah. area. And and yes. for me, the problem that I'm having is narratively, it's it's really kind of not meshing with the choices that I'm making. Right. I, I very much, the, the way that I've been talking with my character has been like, no, I kind of like it out here. I don't really trust you. I don't really trust what's going on. But instead, the game, even though I'm saying literally, I don't really trust you, is like, no, nope, we're going to be best friends anyway. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a lone wolf. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to have friends yet. And it, instead, it, I feel like it's kind of pushing me into a narrative that right. I don't feel is natural for where my character is coming from. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what did you choose, Lewis? Uh, I chose, uh, like you, Brian, I chose uh, Street Kid. And, uh, I mean, I- I'm enjoying it. I made my character female, as I usually try to do when I can create my own gender character. And I thought the character design, it wasn't, like, as robust as I thought it would be, but it was still a good amount. Um, it, obviously, it wasn't, like, Bethesda Fallout Skyrim level um, in terms of character creation. But um, I, st- I still enjoyed that. And um, I mean, there's it's funny because I've been waiting for this game for three years. And uh, Witcher 3 is in my top five games of all time. So there's some things about this game that I know it's since day one. And I know they're going to fix a lot of things. And I know this is the PS4 version. And I know the PS5 version will probably be the game fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know all of these things. But I'm still like... I don't know. I'm still like trying to do a balancing act in my like own feelings about the game because like I have I have problems with a lot of the stuff that I'm like experiencing, but then at the same time I'm like oh but like you know just come on they did The Witcher they did The Witcher three they did The Witcher three <laughs> <laughs> but like Manda said though The Witcher three because I also played that day one so I did played I, yeah. Witcher three day one and day one even on the computer was really rough it was it, <laughs> like, I, I remember like, it definitely rough. was rough. Yeah, it did grow into a game that was completely amazing. Not that it wasn't to begin with, but it really did like, oh, wow. After another year or two, this is all, most of the bugs have been completely patched out. They have DLC that have been added onto it. It's quite amazing. So I do think that's the approach that they're taking with the, this, especially I, because they've already it's already been delayed so often. Yeah, 
I think what CD Projekt Red does uh, the best is that they take a genre and then they push innovation forward. Mm -hmm. And the upside mm -hmm. of innovation is that you get something new and unique. The downside of innovation is you don't always know what you're going to get when, when you start down that path. And I think that's why they have a tendency to have a rather rocky start. Um, but to, to Brian's point, they, they usually get there in the end, and that's what I'm looking forward yeah, to. I, yeah. I applaud the exactly. ambition here. There was a moment last night where I was just walking around Night City, and I was like, I've never been in an open-world cyberpunk, like, it, it, like uh, it felt like the, like the fifth element city. <laughs> it's <laughs> As you're a just lot. walking around, you're seeing cars flying ahead of you. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's robust, and it felt so original, uh, at least just ambiance uh, of it and I, I like that alone was was good enough worth the price for me it's right. so big the yeah. systems are gonna take me a little while there's um, a learning I'm curve good, with like, this game i'm a good five six hours in and i'm like okay that's where where do i find that is it here okay yes and that connects to this and then there's body augments are different than the microchip i stick in my ear which is yep. different than the mods that i put in my gut yeah which, okay no i'm get. i'm gonna it's not their fault I'm going to learn, yeah. but it's a lot. Yeah, this is a game where probably yeah. about a third of your time you're going to be in your menus. Like, it, yeah. Things out. Like, the skill trees are so much bigger than I <laughs> can handle. It's still less complicated than uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, though. Really? <laughs> well, oh, my God. Valhalla is ridiculous. It, it's very it's very much like the, the Witcher. You have the, the potions. You have the tonics, oils? Yeah, you have tonics, oils. oils. And you have potions, and you have... Uh, you know, the foods that you eat, and then you also have mutagens. You can and craft then, yeah. them. Like, I'm so used to that game that it all seems supernatural, and I haven't hit that part with Cyberpunk 2077. Neither have I either. But I think I'm going to get there. I think I'm going to get there to the point where I'm talking about it, and then I sound crazy, and no one understands what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No. Completely. Welcome back Agreed. to Monster Hunter Agreed. 2016. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. So does this have Orlog somewhere in it? Has anyone hit something like Orlog yet? <laughs> no. No. Or, or Gwent. Gwent? Any Gwent? No, no not yet. No, I did walk up to three arcade machines and they didn't work. Oh. <laughs> there, no, there I was I was real excited to be like, of course we'll do like a little thing, right? Something. And, and no, no, no. There is a slot in your menu for tarot. I don't know how that. Yes, there is. Oh man, thing, you don't like get a tarot reading. You just play tarot cards, oh, or you man. become the tarot guy. You become <laughs> the tarot deck with like holograms. Because <laughs> well, the one chick that is uh, that's Jackie's girlfriend, she is a tarot reader. Yes, she is. So, yeah. how would you all either describe or how are you liking the gameplay aspect? The actual like move, like there's lots of enemies in the game. You can shoot them. Mm -hmm. You can hack them. How are you doing with that aspect? Not, it should be third person. <laughs> it should be third person. Yeah. Agreed. Third oh my person. god. Thank oh you. Gosh. Thank yeah. you. What Jeez. about the first person is throwing you off? This game was definitely made for a computer, 100%. more so than a console. Hundred percent. Really. So when you're when you're on a computer, I mean, you, you can definitely tell because at least as far as the controller mechanics work for both for either the menus or for the for the driving or for anything, it definitely feels clunky because I feel like this is made to actually be used with the fine touch of a mouse. You know, versus my joystick. Agreed. I can see that. Um, so that that's where I'm going with with that at least, um, because the shooting is okay. It's not the best, but I can definitely see it working if you have a mouse and for, keyboard. For for a studio who has never done a first person shooter before, it's impressive. But for like a lot of us who have played different shooters, whether Call of Duty or, or anything else or any other game that's ever been made, because <laughs> they're all shooters, <laughs> um, it, it, there is definitely a, a, a lack of punch. But that, then, or floatiness yeah. that it has to it. But I, then, don't, I don't mind the shooting. It's mostly that the game 
really wants you to lean into your character customization, mm -hmm. uh, your fashion for your weapons, and then the, the, the actual clothing that you wear. And you can't see any of it. Oh, it's right. like I, I, I spent a really long time like that you can even like upgrade your clothing so you can keep the same look for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I only see it if I'm in photo mode or if I yeah. stop what I'm doing to look in the mirror. Or, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't it, understand that aspect of it. I'm like, why would you make this really cool looking person and I can never see myself? <laughs> it took me three times as long to get across, to get to a place on the map because I kept on putting photo mode on because I just wanted to see my person like jumping or sliding <laughs> or with their katana because there are katanas in this game. And, and mm -hmm. I just kept stopping to just look at my character and be like, Huh, nice jacket. And then I would keep walking. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because you're talking about the shooting system, and for me, the shooting system is okay. And then the melee combat system is very clunky. It feels like, like I don't know, like Fallout Three clunky. Th that's actually been my my favorite uh, my favorite part of this actually with the combat. Not that it's like amazing, amazing or anything, but but between the shooting and the hacking, I'm actually enjoying the fighting aspect more. Probably because you get a katana. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried probably because they've also done it already in Witcher. They've already done melee combat with Witcher, whereas right. it's the first, whereas the shooting aspect is where I think they're having the trouble. Which uh, is personally, what's surprising because when I hit someone. They don't actually react to my hit. I, it's kind of like punching a, a statue person, and then they just speed run away. And I'm like, that's that's the oh, cybernetics. Haven't, I haven't encountered that at all. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, I haven't got that at all. I yeah. I've, I've actually they've been reacting to mine. So I mean, it, but it's it's every single person's at least from what I've discovered from between our friend group is that each one of us has our own personal unique experience with the with the bugs. Yeah, that's. Yeah. The other ones don't. Because, yeah. like, Troy, have you had a hard crash yet? I had my first hard crash last night. Um, okay. But I, I, I had a bunch of bugs leading up to that for, uh, over my playthroughs. Mm -hmm. Things not working. Buttons not working. I was I was over-encumbered for no reason for a while. Oh, I had yeah. to, and I just kept having to restart my game. After a hard crash last night, I did make the decision that I'm not going to play this game right now. I am going to wait <clears throat> until the patch oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Troy. I'm, Troy. Yeah. I think I might join you on that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I was gonna. gonna I was actually gonna recommend that to you as well, Lewis, because I mean, you really seem to not be enjoying this with all <laughs> I, the ones, I, dude, which is I'm fine. Like, <laughs> like, right? It, you know what? Take take this beautiful cake, put it back in the oven. You know, let it let it cook a little bit longer. I I, I waited this long. I can I can wait a little bit longer. There are lots of games I want to play before the end of the year. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll be okay. Yes. Listen, <laughs> Lewis. Lewis, you sound like the exact opposite of what was happening to me with Assassin's Creed. I was getting really annoyed for like a good five or ten minutes, and then I'd be like, eh, this is fine. It, it didn't really, it was like, oh, okay, if I gotta do that again, that two hours again, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it didn't affect me the way it is definitely affecting you. You you should probably wait. Uh, yeah, I need to wait. You have such high, <laughs> you have such high expectations for video games. I, I When have they <laughs> set it at a level, it's, I, I can't go below that. They, they put it there. Like, well... <laughs> You, would, you put it there. That? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I, was say, I don't know there. if they put it there. How do they put it there? 
Where did they ever show you that? Uh, CD Projekt Red put it there with The Witcher. Not but, with but The Witcher Day game. 1. Yeah, but that's also not this game. <laughs> I know, not Day 1. I know. Just not say, day my one. man, you put that there. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take a break from it. Yeah, let's let's see what a week does. We'll see what, what patches they fix, and then it's, maybe I'll pop yeah. back in. If we're being realistic, it's not going to be a week. It's not going to be a month. It's probably going to be like mid next year. And, and, that's, and that's not me being like. Um, pessimistic or anything like that but for them to actually sit down and take the time that they would have taken right. i think that that's when it's going to be the and, game that you're looking and, for. and i also want to say I, I don't want the developers to like be in crunch for the rest of their lives no. to try and yeah. this game yeah. i would prefer it be broken and they get weeks off and have like a regular work schedule uh than to to fix this video game that i'm playing <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah uh so it looks like half of us are gonna wait and the other half are gonna keep playing it which cool. is you know that day that's fine that's great <laughs> I think that'll do it for this week, though, for, for Cyberpunk. I think that's enough enough Cyberpunk talk for now. But I'm sure we'll definitely pick this up later and in subsequent episodes. So, Huzzah. yeah, that was our game, Cyberpunk 2077. Now that brings us to our news segment. News, 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 news. This week, in case you didn't get enough of it earlier in the episode, Cyberpunk has had the <laughs> biggest PC release of all time. Uh, on release day, it had over a million concurrent players on Steam alone. Wow. Which more than doubled the previous record holder, which was Fallout 4. Damn. So that's pretty crazy. In fact, uh, I think I've read another report that uh, CD Projekt Red already turned a profit on it day one. What? Which that's for that... a game that has been in development for eight years is crazy. Wow. That's insane because I also read today that their stock dropped 20%. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you lost all that money? Oh, wow. That, that's <laughs> not how stocks work. Okay. But, yeah. That's not how stocks work, but yes, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made money? They lost money? I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll go back up, but right. I think because of the, the hitchy release, the people okay. are worried about it. But still, that's but, great uh, that they yeah. turned, a, turned a profit, though, yeah. already on the game itself. Yeah. That's that Keanu Reeves bump. That's how crazy business is, is that they already made all of their money back, and people are like, I don't know if I think this is a worthy investment. Yeah. That's my business voice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's very good. That's what business, business people voice, sound yeah. like. That's why I played a corpo. <laughs> <laughs> is that what your corpo sounds like, Manda? Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry. The Game Awards Welcome also happened this week. Oh, I and Troy has all the news voice. for you. I won't. I won't. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm still not a fan of the male voice in this game. Sorry. That like was also a big voice, turn off. But, you know. <laughs> and then next we have uh, some Nintendo has some trouble brewing. And Joe has the news for you for that one. Yeah, unfortunately, so there's a very large community of people that play Super Smash Brothers Melee. They still run tournaments, and they are very, very big tournaments. Because we didn't have E3 this year, or PAX, or a lot of the big uh, video game conferences, a lot of these tournaments didn't have a home this year. So they went to online, and they tried to do some of the big, giant tournaments that are yearly online, where people win money playing Smash Brothers Melee. Mm -hmm. Now, if you understand when Smash Brothers Melee was made, that was made on the GameCube. There was no online portion of it. You had to get in a room with, you know, a hundred other people and fight that tournament out while you were sitting within, you know, six feet of another person. That being said, they tried to go online this year, and unfortunately, even though they owned GameCubes, they owned copies of the games, they were playing it on emulators. And Nintendo is not a fan of that. So when these big conferences started and these big tournaments started, Nintendo kind of came in and put the kibosh on that. They did not appreciate it. They didn't like it. And they were like, no, no one's allowed to play this game 
via the internet. That's not what it was made to be played like. This isn't fair. And uh, we're not going to help you in any way. We're not going to do anything with this. And we're actually just going to kind of stop you from doing it. Caused a lot of people to get very angry. A lot of the players in the community got very upset. And unluckily enough for Nintendo, the Splatoon uh, big championship was just about to happen. It was about two weeks later. And in that Splatoon championship, we had tons of players that were actually naming themselves Free Melee, hashtag Free Melee, Free Smash Brothers. So Nintendo got upset and then closed that as well. It's been a rough week for Nintendo. They've done a lot of Nintendo'ts, and the community <laughs> is pretty angry. They all seem very upset that they aren't putting their support behind them when all they want to do is play their games, but they want to do it online. Nintendo has a very harsh, nope. There is no emulators. There is no allowing of this to be played on anything that it was or- than what it was originally planned to be played on. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the the melee players had to go in and mod the game, so they actually had to change the source code of the game to make it online capable. And that's where Nintendo's like, don't know. We have like that's copyright stuff. You can't you can't get into our source code and then change my, things. My favorite part was that when uh, Nintendo canceled the Splatoon Championship, they were like, "No, there was logistical problems. It had nothing to do with all of this controversy. It's because of things." Did, wait, did they cancel the entire championship, or did they just cut off the live stream so that there couldn't be people hashtagging and stuff? I heard it did actually get canceled. Like it stopped. I'm not okay. sure if it was just a live stream or not. I can I can get back with you guys next week and let you know for sure. But everything I heard is that they just stopped it altogether. I don't know if it continued and they actually did continue through with the, the yeah. Splatoon championship. But they definitely didn't allow the Smash championship to continue going on. That yeah. was one of the things they were like, oh, no, this is a big kibosh. No. Yeah. Canceling yeah. Splatoon. It, it, that's that's a little harsh. Like, that, yeah. that Splatoon <laughs> didn't do anything. People can be angry about me- Melee. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Come on. The Inklings. The Inklings. Yeah. Inklings. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do understand where Nintendo's coming from though because it is it is a very slippery slope to be like no it's okay it's okay for you guys to do this one thing for emulation but everything else is not it's it's very law law going wise yeah, Nintendo very, has a pay uh, code yeah. for you to play their games online they have Nintendo online if people can get around that then that then what are they going to do just in general yeah. with their with their policies so like exactly I, like sorry melee players like I, I hope I hope Nintendo finds a way to make that possible um, through them I, I really hope mm-hmm. they do that they better do that if they don't want to lose the community um, but yeah. unfortunately I do understand like you said Brian of them being like sorry we, we can't let you mess around with our our, our code but what if yeah, what if they just play the new Smash Brothers well you we don't want to go Hashtag down that conversation <laughs> yeah, we are definitely you <laughs> we about to make some enemies <laughs> damn those melee like fans. trying to tell them why don't you why don't you drink new coke it's just the same <laughs> the melee fans are strong mandy they are strong. yeah they ain't going yeah. nowhere Uh, And then next we have uh, Twitch has decided to ban some more things this week, but thankfully it's only for the better. Uh, They have updated their harassment and hateful conduct policies, and they have deemed many things not okay anymore, uh, or at least officially. So things such as the Confederate flag, uh, encouraging others to dox or swat another person, uh, claiming people are crisis actors when, you know, a a tragedy happens. Mm -hmm. And then also repeatedly commenting on someone's attractiveness if it has already been made aware that it is unwelcome. Oh, wow. that, that last one's big. <laughs> yeah, that's... The, all right, these are good yeah. things. Yeah. 
keep that going through. I mean, not that they're I, not all big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they made pretty sweeping changes to all of them. Uh, and they finally made, like, the harassment section its own section. Mm-hmm. So they, they're they definitely taking things a lot more seriously now. Cool. Uh, and, I th- and I think it's for the better. It's a, it's a big problem. I did notice yeah. on our streams that blind playthrough is no longer an option. That was also Correct. one of the things that they took out because the, just the term of using blind and not its actual sense is doing a disservice to those that are blind. So, yep. yeah. So that is no longer a category that you can pick on Twitch. You just say first playthrough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, like yeah. I think they changed it to first playthrough. Yeah. So, yeah. Good on them. And then finally, Manda's got some Fast and Furious news for us. This is just silly. Apparently in the UK, <laughs> people are so desperate for PS5s that thieves are driving up alongside moving trucks <laughs> and stealing PS5s off of the trucks while they're still in motion. Yes. Yo. Yes. This is the Fast and Furious I've been waiting for. <laughs> is it? Yes. Movie Fast rights? Fast and Furious meets a need for speed. <laughs> Movie rights? Movie rights? They've gone from nuclear submarines to PlayStation 5s. That's how much it has exploded onto the scene. It all started with DVDs, guys. It did DVD all start players, with DVDs. That's, that's what right. it started with. <laughs> But that is crazy. I know. I think. I think. I think. I saw somewhere else where like they're doing the same thing in uh, in China, but with uh, the new Nvidia cards. So like somebody stole like sixty pa- or I'm sorry, forty pallets worth wow. of like the the thirty ninety cards or something like that. Holy it's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Now that I think about it, knowing Vin Diesel, I won't be surprised if there is like a like a scene <laughs> like this in the next Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go get my get. kid. You gotta get new, the PS5. You know, family. <laughs> family. I play D and D. Did I tell you that already? I, I told you I I do anything for family. Do anything. <laughs> we have the worst Vin Diesel voices. Yeah, mine's more like a Sly Stallone. Sly yeah. Stallone. <laughs> And then, um, unfortunately, all of our villagers this week have gone into hibernation. So no turn up for what this week? But we still have our Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. Good job. And uh, and this week, uh, Troy's going to bring it to us. So as you might have watched or heard from our previous episode, the Game Awards 2020 was last Thursday. And all of us tuned in to check out what the latest announcements and biggest winners were from the night. But before we get into the biggest winners and announcements of the night, I wanted to get your general impressions on what you thought of the show itself, Sans Winners. For me, I always find myself really looking forward to the Game Awards. And I'm like, oh, here it is. And I, I look at all the nominations and I go like, oh, I haven't played that yet. I haven't played that yet. Oh, I need, to, oh, I didn't know about that. And then I kind of build myself up. And then once I watch the show, I always forget that this game is this this show is very much not about the awards. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like no, secondary. The awards are yeah. secondary. Yeah, and 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 as long as much as it is more about game trailers and reveals, it even boggles me even further how like second thought or third thought the awards are. There are moments during the awards where they're they're giving out awards. And they'll do like five within like 20 seconds with no fanfare, no speeches. You miss it if you blink. My favorite is Jeff Keighley's reactions to winning speeches <laughs> where they say something and then he's like, cool. And then <laughs> he just moves on. Yeah. Like he's yeah. so yeah. unapologetically himself. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, he has like a lot yeah. of enthusiasm, but then his transitions are just like, all right. Acceptance speeches. My brain works sometimes. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so do you guys have any other uh, general thoughts on the show itself? Unfortunately, I didn't get to actually watch the Game Awards. I was at work. Oh, right. And we, we yeah, That's right. We were just trying to, we were throwing you um, all the highlights as yeah, you were getting Yeah, I asked them. you guys to keep me updated, yeah. and, okay. and you did, although you didn't tell so, me who won Game of the so Year. We'll, I had to find we'll that out. There. We'll get there. By, we'll get like, there. looking were, it up online. <laughs> you were lucky. It was long. It was yes. so long. It was two and a half hours, and it was interesting because I started with all of that hype, all of that. I uh-huh. can't wait to see the videos. There's going to be a specific video that I'm really excited about, and, and I can't wait to see all the new games that are coming up. And then at about like an hour 45, I was like, really? More? Like, And I'm still enjoying <laughs> it, but like enjoying it in a very like tired <laughs> manner. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, w- w- one of the things I love to do is reflect in general in my life. <laughs> <laughs> in Just, general. I love you know, reflection. Huge. It's the thing I love doing. And what I wish this that this series had was a reflection on like all the games. Right. Like I think I mentioned it. The Golden Joystick Awards had like a two-part reflection on every game that came out this year set to music. And it was a super Wait, cut. you wanted it to be longer? <laughs> you wanted more? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Eight hours. Let's go. Oh. All reflection. <laughs> Okay, um, I kind of get what you're saying, Troy, because I felt the same way about it. I almost kind of wish there was more. There was there was a really cool moment where there's a medley made of the of all of the game of the year, the the games that were um, yes. up for game of the year. There was a beautiful medley being played by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, yes. and I felt like that was a real true testament to how beautiful just the just the music and the small slideshows they put together for it, the video they did. I wanted more of that. And I'm kind of with you, Troy. I wanted more. Why didn't I get like a cool mashup of every one of these awards? It would have been so cool to just have something like a little of anything for them to be like, look at how cool these are. It's not just words. These aren't just names yeah. on, a, on a... You want the guy who does the Sony press conference to do the Game Awards. <laughs> yes! It's, it's all performance, yeah. no, no awards. I would yeah. be fine with that. Because <laughs> unfortunately... Like, the Game Awards, I think, you know, on paper or whatever, should be about the games that we've played. Right. And, like, it seems like this is the the game trailers is what I feel yeah. like this is or what it should be, should be called. The game announcements. Yes. Which is great. I actually do love that there's game announcements and, you know, they're, they're showing light to all these things that we, you know, we haven't seen before. But I do think that there should be more so like, hey, let's celebrate the games that you have played, the games that right. you have experienced instead of, this instead year. Instead of reflecting, you end up just trying, you just, you don't get a moment to reflect. You're just looking towards the next yeah. year. And it's like, oh, well, what about this year? It, we would be <laughs> remiss if we didn't mention the fact that they did all two and a half hours. They didn't have any technical glitches. That's true. And they probably had a lot of content this year because there wasn't anything else this year. That's true. So a lot of the announcements yes. that would have been at other conferences, they probably kind of consolidated yeah. here. Yeah, it was a live show and they, they pulled it off. They, yeah. they did that switch to... The, the lockdown, well the quarantine stuff, very well, I thought, uh, technically. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did. Absolutely. Let's get into some fun announcements. Uh, one of the big announcements that came up early in, in the Game Awards was that Sephiroth, that's right, the villain from Final Fantasy VII, will be joining Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I was surprised. I'm very happy. I was yeah. surprised, <laughs> and then the moment after I was surprised, I was like, oh, right, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He, Sephiroth is I, one of the I most- feel like it was like... 
I feel like uh, like the the look that Cloud gave when Sa- when Sephiroth first showed up was like, man, I just can't escape you in any of my games. It's the most like, Cloud thing. I've gone to thing. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Cloud's like, I got into a movie and you show up. I got into a spinoff and you show up. Yeah, Come on. He's following him forever. <laughs> That's because we all know that Sephiroth is secretly everyone's favorite. He's, he's great. He's great. There's one moment I, in the trailer where Sephiroth in hails Mario in silhouette. Mario is dangling in the air off the edge of his long sword. <laughs> and and then the lights go up and you see he just has him by the denim strap. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I got weirdly excited. Zelda's on the ground and you see Sephiroth come down and it's just like, nope, not on top of her though. Because she's not Ares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to playing him. We'll, we'll definitely show it on a stream. The, the biggest thing I do want to know is what does Kirby look like when he turns into Sephiroth? That's my biggest <gasps> thing I need to know. His hair. hair. Oh, my gosh. Or the, wing. Or, or the wing. And he gets the sword. That's what I yeah. think. What if he gets the sword and it's the same size? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's eight times bigger than Kirby. <laughs> Fingers crossed um, for that. So for your for some Left 4 Dead fans out there, uh, the spiritual successor for Left 4 Dead got announced. It is called Back for blood that is the four-person co-op zombie game wait. normally i don't really care about zombie games wait, wait, but wait. left for dead was amazing that's a real thing that's happening this yes. is a real yeah. thing that is happening what oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> yeah so left for dead has uh, you should able... probably stop being excited that that game's gonna be really boring to you <sighs> <laughs> if we're looking at your track record burn <laughs> uh Left 4 Dead Studio, uh, Turtle Rock, they they haven't made a sequel to that game because uh, Microsoft owns the title and it's been tied up in like legal drama. So this Damn. is actually them going off on their own and making the, finally a sequel to the game that everyone wanted, but without Microsoft <laughs> holding Whoa. them back, so to speak. <laughs> uh, so good for them. Do they give a year? No. No, I don't think uh, so. It was like, just like ev- a, a trailer. Everything said like 2021, right, pretty much. Right, Yeah. Which should be in quotation marks. All of, yes. <laughs> all always, of the years always should be in quotation, quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. Perfect Dark is getting a reboot. Uh, my introduction to Perfect Dark was on the N64. It was just a, it was the, the spiritual successor to GoldenEye uh, back in those days to me. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to get into that too. How about you guys? Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it on the uh, the 360 when it came out on that. Uh, and it was, it was really good on that. I, I really enjoyed it. Right on. Uh, big news for Manda, EA and BioWare released what the closest to a full trailer we've gotten of Dragon Age 4. Yeah, they did all the things I wanted them to do. Uh, is we, we They confirmed that Varric is in the game. He's one of my favorite characters. I already knew that, that Solos was going to be in the game again, but they showed you what he looks like, which is also very exciting. Um, they confirmed a rumor that had occurred previously that you're not going to play as this super powerful character. You're right. going to be more of like a normal, everyday person. Which I like. Um, which is going to be fun. The visuals are, are wonderful. Uh, but, uh, uh, t- yeah, no date. No date, right. But no date. <laughs> someday, someday. <laughs> Um, I got my biggest laugh of the night when this trailer came up and it was like this like tribal family. They were like dancing or hunting in the woods and it looked very kind of prehistoric. And all of a sudden this little girl is playing and then behind her in in full tribal regalia is Vin Diesel. <laughs> like the last person I was expecting to see. It, it looked like he had just finished playing God of War and then he pulled one of his friends aside and was like, I want that. 
Make me that. No, put me in a game. <laughs> put me in a game. I want to be in a game. Um, we watched uh, Vin Diesel wrestle a bunch of dinosaurs until eventually uh, we got the name of the game, and it is actually Ark Two, a very a very well known franchise, which I haven't played, but I would like to. Mm-hmm. Same. I haven't played it yet, but I've heard only good fun things. And Ark is also getting an anime spinoff. Oh, to go yes, with it the is. Release of the second game. Those are the kind of the main big announcements. Oh, Evil Dead. That was another big one. Evil Dead got announced to be having a video game. Uh, this entire uh, show, they kept on showing zombie games, and I was like, I'm so bored about zombies. I'm so over zombies. All of a sudden, they showed the the house from Evil Dead and Bruce Campbell, and there were zombies. I'm like, zombies are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough. I was very very excited about that. Uh, any other yeah. big uh, game announcement excitements uh, from Ma- you all? Mass Effect Four. I was excited about Mass Effect. I did skip that, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> that was the yes, main closer. That's okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was the actual closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were like, man, Bioway made this big announcement. And I thought you were going to uh, pick up two of them, like Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Yeah. For me, the Mass Effect story ended in a very wonderful way. I didn't play Andromeda. Like The, the Mass Effect chapter in my, in my mind has closed, so I already forgot that they are announcing a new one. But... I'm, I'm cool with that. Looks like they're bringing back characters from the original trilogy, which I'm excited yeah. for. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's go to the big announcements, though, which was... I'm just going to go to the biggest one, which was Game of the Year. They did. And Game of the Year was was Last of Us 2. What? That's weird. Yes. The I Last of Us it. Part 2 went to beat Hades, uh, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and I think one other game I can't remember. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake Final Fantasy 7 Remake Last of Us 2 took it away It was a really sweet moment um, Because uh, I know the voice actress Who played Abby Won the voice actor of the Best performance Best performance um, and Neil Druckmann accepted the award for Last of Us, which was nice. Best director. Both of them received death threats for working on this game. So right, for yep. them to be vindicated I'm sure was a really nice moment Yeah Uh the uh, the two big winners from last night were uh, the Last of Us Part Two and and funny funnily enough uh, Among Us won the most <laughs> awards. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? It, it was it was a big game. It was a big uh, year for Naughty Dog. Th- that is a game that they have been cooking since what 2013 e. and had so much yep. expectation on it because of how good the original was. That to not only make a, a game that th- that technically held up to those expectations but also didn't feel comfortable enough to just give the audience what they wanted uh, to Mm kind of challenge them and actually make enemies out of their fans. I I definitely see it as as a game of the year. Is it my favorite game of the year? I still don't know yet. But I Mm -hmm. I can concur how how it would be the journalism game of the year, which is what the Game Awards are. That's what I wish they would call that. Yes. Oh, sure. I, I'm in that. I'm in that same boat because I, I, I really think any game could have won that was on that list. They were all phenomenal games, mm-hmm. and I unfortunately, for me, I felt like a lot of the pomp and circumstance of the Game Awards was kind of ruined almost because after a while, Last of Us won so many things. It's like, uh, I'm really. So it's getting really boring, guys. Can we just skip to the end? Can you just show us all the trailers and <laughs> yeah. skip to the end and just give them the freaking award already? Because we already know who won. Because it, it won in some areas that I didn't agree with. Right. And at the same time, like I. I can't say they were bad. It's a great game. Right. How do you, you know, like it, it's, it just, for me, that was a very like, not souring moment, but it was just like, oh yeah, uh, what else is new? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
cool. All the journalists like that more than like everything else. I yeah, they, I have yet to yeah. talk to a human being aside from you and Lewis that loved that game as much as you guys loved that game. Most people were just like, yeah, it was okay. I, like, I, I, I really, so I, I don't understand. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah they, they really should just call it the Journalism Game Popularity Awards. For sure. <laughs> I, I do agree with you, Joe, that each one of those games, um, for their own very different reasons, could have been Game of the Year. You know? But I think that's, not, that's why I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, well, you, they're all good. So yeah. whatever wins is fine. Right, yeah. right. I, I, I'm, for me, the draw of the game awards is more about just seeing like who is nominated versus who actually wins. Oh, no, I'm, I'm less than that. I don't care at all. <laughs> I, we <laughs> talked about this a little last week. It's not based on like an analytical system that right, I understand. Right. So it's just like, that's what you thought? Cool. Right. For, for me, the care comes in comes into play when it's like, oh, I haven't played that yet. Oh, now that I see that it has been oh, like brought to my awareness, that's the biggest that's the biggest takeaway I get from the game awards is especially like the impact awards. Games that I didn't even hear about or know about that are nominated, I go like, oh, I, I, need, just, I should pick that up before the end of the year and check it out. I always just hope the indies win because like for the yeah. larger game studios, it, I'm sure it's like a feather in their cap to get an award and they can put it on their shelf of awards. But I feel like it means a lot for uh, an indie studio to get awards. It was really like. cool to see the game, the game of the Year awards and to see a company like Supergiant Games, uh, Greg Casavan, up there amongst all these AAA people. Uh, just a cool thing was you were talking about indies, Mandy, uh, to see. Yes, and I think oh, something yeah. like this can do such so much good for such a small studio. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, to end on a, on, a, on a high note, one of my favorite parts of the Game Awards from this week was one of the categories they had, which was uh, innovation and accessibility. That's great. <laughs> they actually are yes. rewarding games that are putting in um, different options for people with different disabilities to to make the game playable and viable for them that's something that has Mm -hmm. been needed for so so long so to not only get it in our mainstream games but to have it celebrated that is good stuff it was great Uh, i do think because this was the first year that that has been in as a category and i do think that's going to expand because i mean one of the games was grounded and its accessibility was having a an arachnophobia Mm-hmm. Uh, setting oh, to take wow. out those spiders, right? So I mean, th- while I do think that is an accessibility option, I do, I do would rather, I would like to see that expanded on and actually be having it for people that that need the accessibility options, right? Right. But, I hope it, but, yeah. It but inspires. I think it's a, it, it was, yes, it was, it was fine for a first year showing though, um, and I, I do, I would love to see that expanded on mm-hmm. and more companies getting involved with accessibility options because it is, it's a big deal. For, for many people, I think there's, I think is what, I think a billion people in the world that have, that, that have a disability of some sort. Right. So for, for those people to be able to play games would be, would be great. The last three games that I've played, AAA, have all had really great options. Watchdog, Legions, Assassin's Creed, and now uh, Cyberpunk. So I feel like, I feel like we're getting there. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's Mighty Morsel Tasty Topic. topic. Cool. Thank you, Troy. Yep. And now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Adieu, 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 adieu. It's the Dragon of the Week. So don't you freak. It's the Dragon of the Week. It'll make you tweak. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week is our chance to show a little love to the gaming industry, to talk about some people that we may not know that much about. But we're going to learn about it, and we're going to bring you, the audience, in on learning a little bit about these industry professionals as well. So, Ryan, who do we have this week as our Dragon of the Week? 
That's right. This week we got Mike Pondsmith, who is a tabletop RPG legend and the cyberpunk creator. Oh, hell yeah. All the Mohawks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. So Mike Pondsmith was born April 14th, 1954 to a psychologist and an Air Force officer. And so being the son of an Air Force officer, he had to move around a whole lot all over the world. So friends were kind of hard to come by. So he started designing games in his head so he could play with himself. Like they were just all in his head. He's just like, ah, oh, you know, I, I could kind of do this. So he would go on to graduate from the University of California with a BA in graphic design and a BS in behavioral psychology. What, what does BS <laughs> stand for? Bachelor of Science? Uh, beha- bachelor of Science, yes. Okay, okay. And BA is Bachelor of Arts. Cool. That's BS. So. <laughs> <laughs> So fresh out of college, though, he went to work doing graphic design for a company called California Pacific. This company was known for importing Japanese games into the West, as well as uh, publishing their own things as well. Um, And one of the games that they would publish would be from a little-known 19-year-old named Richard Garriott. And in case you don't know who that is, he made Ultima and is also known as Lord British. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Wait, lord british is his name that's his that's his in-game name in ultima you oh, don't know okay. that <laughs> i thought like Come the on. queen gave him like a special title <laughs> oh no well, i mean he is a lord yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um unfortunately though right around this time 1981 the owner was having problems and ended up closing down the company completely so pond smith went to work back at his alma mater the University of California, Santa Cruz, and their typesetting department. So in case you don't know what a typesetting department is, it's where you uh, set all the type for like magazines or um, any sort of uh, anything that has to do with paper, really. Uh, or at least back in that day, it was paper. And so now he loved naval wargaming. And while a friend had introduced him to Dungeons and Dragons when it first came out, he really didn't care for the fantasy setting. Uh, But he did come across a tabletop RPG called Traveler, and he fell in love with it. And uh, Traveler was a uh, like a sci-fi tabletop RPG. Okay. And so he was like, wizards are dumb. Orcs are dumber. Give me some cybernetic implants. Damn it. (laughs) And since he already had access to typesetting equipment, and uh, he thought he could actually improve on Traveler, uh, he came up with his own version of it called Imperial Star. Uh, and this was mainly just for himself. So he didn't really like show this to many people outside of himself. But he started reading a manga from Japan called Mobile Suit Gundam. And by reading, I mean, he didn't speak Japanese and he was just looking at the pictures and formed his own story in his head. I mean, that's but, how I read manga. <laughs> that's how you That's how you read manga, man. I don't think that's I could have it. said manga any worse than I just did. <laughs> <laughs> manga. Man, anga. Yeah, I almost said mango. <laughs> you went both. <laughs> Um, but from this though some ideas started forming in his head and so what he did was he took the giant robot setting of Gundam and combined it with the game system from Imperial Star and so Mechton was born Uh, it was not only the first giant robot tabletop RPG but it was also the first based somewhat on a Japanese cartoon unfortunately though right around this time another giant robot tabletop game came out and that was called Battletech and it was better polished, better packaged, and had better figures. Oh, snap. So oh, Pond- snap. Better yeah. figures. Uh-oh. 
That's what it's all about, man. <laughs> so Pond Smith could not compete with it. But Mechton did well enough that he was like, you know what? I think this could be a thing I could do. So he formed his own publishing company called R. Talsorian Games. And so he would put out a second edition of Mechton that greatly expanded upon it. He actually found a little bit of success with this game, but his next game he actually found more success with, and that was Teenagers from Outer Space, uh, which was released in 1987. It uh, simplified many systems. It was uh, it actually introduced a lot of people to uh, to the concept of like high school with aliens mixed with comedy that they were doing over in uh, Japan at the time. I don't know if you're getting a lot of settings that he does a lot of things in Japan. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) And that game actually won a Gamer's Choice Award that year, uh, which was pretty great. And so in 1987, he released Mechton 2 and with this, the interlock system. This was a system that would he would base the next 10 years of his games on. It had a more serious uh, stat system and it put a big emphasis on character backgrounds. And he used this for his next game that he was making. It was something that had been rolling around in his head ever since he saw the movie Blade Runner in 1982. And then he also read the book Neuromancer. And uh, that was when a game was really starting to form in his brain. And then he's decided that combat should heavily focus in this next new game. And he came up with a new system uh, for it that he called Friday Night Firefight. That's the name of the system? That was the name of the combat system that he implemented. Wow, that could just be the name of a game. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's a game mode. Right. And uh, so he so that just expanded on the interlock system. And this game was called, wait for it, Cyberpunk. Welcome to Night City, a source book for 2013. Oh, <laughs> damn. damn. <laughs> that was the full name of the book. <laughs> that is a pretty good title, actually. <laughs> and so this actually absolutely blew up. It released in 1988. And while he was creating supplemental books for it so quickly to try to keep up with demand, it proved to be so popular that he actually had to license out books for it to, to pad it out. So, Pondsmith knew he had a strike while the iron was hot, so he created the follow-up book to it only two years later. And this book was called Cyberpunk 2020. It jumped the timeline forward seven years, as well as introduced what is now known as the standard interlock system. And he would go on to produce several more cyberpunk books over the years, Notably, he was he licensed it out to Wizards of the Coast to produce a collectible card game called Netrunner, which is actually still around to this day. Okay, there's got to be a Netrunner game somewhere in this new Cyberpunk 2077, right? I hope so. It's got to be the new Gwent. It's got to be the new Gwent. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> and uh, he would actually go on to make many, many, many more tabletop RPGs, most notably Castle Frankenstein, as well as tabletop RPGs based on animes such as Bubblegum Crisis and Dragon Ball Z. Oh, wow. Yeah, he actually did a bunch of things. Like, it's it's crazy what he ended up doing with that. Uh, unfortunately, though, our Talsarian games would go on hiatus, and he would accept a job at Microsoft making games for them, but, like, video games. <laughs> <laughs> he made Mech Commander 2, Blood Wake, and lastly, Crimson Skies. Oh, that's the, that's uh, the plane game, right? Yeah, it's the playing yeah. game. It was actually a really good game. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, like a dogfighting yeah. World War Two style or World War One yeah. uh, game. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. And so it was around this time though. He was going around Microsoft, and he's like, "Hey, hey, you guys, did you guys ever see that movie uh, Matrix? We should, we should make a game based on that." <laughs> Wait, what year we was try this? Try to do something with that. Uh, I think this was like 2002, 2003, something like that. Okay. <laughs> 
He's it's like, a couple yeah, years yeah. after. Have you guys came out. ever seen like The Matrix? I'm not. I'm not talking about the the, the third one. Just just the, the yeah. first one, and then like half <laughs> of the, the second one. one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and so they were trying to like go in and talks with stuff with The Matrix, uh, but then he heard that Monolith Studios was going to be working on one. So he jumped ship from Microsoft over to Monolith Studios in order to work on their new game, which would become The Matrix Online. Oh, yeah. The canonical sequel. Yep. Yes, it was. Uh, did you guys ever play that? It was actually not bad. It was just okay. I didn't play it, but I, I did watch it. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Um, and then during this time, though, his wife was actually still releasing some new books um, and some things here and there for his printing company. And um, which which actually proved to be beneficial because he ended up releasing Cyberpunk version 3.0 in 2005, but it was kind of lead to like mixed reviews. Uh, but it was enough to keep it in the public eye. So in May 2012, CD Projekt Red announced that they would be making their next new game would be based upon the Cyberpunk universe, and they actually announced it on stage with Pond Smith himself. Wow, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> I was a different person. Oh, yeah, that was a very long time ago. (laughs) And so all of this has culminated into this year's big release, Cyberpunk 2077. Doom. And so it was actually a big deal for them to release it this year because one of them was called Cyberpunk 2020. Oh, that's right. So that's why they wanted to release it this year because the the second setting was this year, which is wild to think of when the very first one was set in the year 2013. (laughs) Yeah, the creator of this is probably like, Oh gosh, I want to go back to my fictional world. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was way more. I think he thought that several times over the course of his life. Gosh, I <laughs> thought it was extreme, but no. Uh, that's really cool. Um, I one of my favorite parts of playing this game so far was going on their faux internet, and there's a lot of history of the world if you read everything yes. on there. And now that you're talking mm-hmm. about this, I'm like, oh, these are probably like past campaigns that have happened. In, in this game that they're referencing. Oh, yeah. Which, which I love. I love when a game has such a rich history like that. Yeah. Uh, the whole Johnny uh, Silverhand was is all is a reoccurring character in all of his games. Oh, that's cool. Um, he's got a couple other ones that are just reoccurring throughout every single one of the games. So it's actually pretty great that, they, that they've still continued that on, even though it takes place, you know, 47 years into... The, I'm sorry, not 47. 57 years past, you know, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still keeping these characters alive, which is, I think, great. Uh, so yeah, that is. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you to Mike Pondsmith for pursuing what you love and for helping to create the biggest PC game release of all time. Boom! Thank you, Brian. So yeah, yeah, he was actually pretty interesting uh, looking up. Uh, the the one book that I referenced for most of this is actually called Designers and Dungeons. <laughs> it's a four part book series where they go through each of the decades. They go through the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, oh, nice. and the two thousands. Wow. Um, so it's a it's actually a really good book series if you guys want to pick it up. There's an entire section that's just based on on his uh, on his publishing company, uh, which was our our Talsorian Games. Right on. So it's 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 really good. So yeah, that'll do it for this week's Dry in the Week. But unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Boom 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 boom. But you can always find us online. Make sure to check us out at Taste of Dragons on twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. We have shows all week long, except Tuesdays. Uh, please tune on in if you want to continue to have fun with us, the dragons, and our extended family uh, throughout the whole week. 
But where can you find our schedule? Well, check it out on our Instagram. We have our link tree and we promote all our shows on Twitch at Tasted Dragons on Instagram. Jump on there, drop us a follow, and uh, have fun with us throughout the entire week. But that's not all. We also have a Twitter presence. Uh, our Twitter is dedicated solely to promoting independent game developers to give them even more of a voice than they already have. Uh, and Mandy, do you have a voice that you can share with us this week? I'm very excited about this one. I, I discovered it earlier in the week. It's called Co-Ridden. It's a co-op RPG game where you play as a shape-shifting human. You can shape-shift. I've, I've only seen like a few of the creatures, but one of them's like this giant lizard. One of them looks like a dragon, and one of them looks like a, a, a like a rhinoceros. <laughs> Uh, but like if you're the person you're playing with shapeshifts into an animal, you can ride them. Yes. It looks yes. so they're like the animals are also like neon colored. It's very pretty. It's called co-ridden. Check them out on Twitter. And if there's a dragon in the game, we're contractually obligated to play it. So it's true. there you go. Please check him oh, out yeah. on Twitter. Check out that game a hundred percent. And uh, that's where we are online, Brian. Back to you. Cool. So as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. I'm Lewis. And I'm Joe. And we are the, the Taste of Dragons. Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Brian, you get an award. Joe, and you get an award. Amanda, oh. you get an award. What? Lewis? Awards for everyone. You get an award too, bud. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day.